theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Praise God. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that's here. Can I just tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost? I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget it as I was looking at my notes. The Lord is, we're in such a presence of the Lord that I, I couldn't forget it. I want you to know that at any time during my preaching, if you feel compelled to come to the altar, come to the altar. There's a shift right now. I, I, I just, I want, God is doing something in our midst this year. I don't want you waiting. If you want to run after him during the worship, come, come, come. If during the preaching you want to come, come. And let me just say this. Uh, if anybody, if you would just allow me in love, I want you to respond in the spirit. I'm not going to call anybody out or anything like that. If I, if I, I would never call anybody out. If I feel like we need to, if there needs to be clarity, I'll say, hey, you know what? God has given me something. Let me just say that. But I want you to respond. I want you to respond. God is doing something in this hour, in this season. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to release you to go back to your seats and praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us, God. I made this declaration earlier this uh, morning during my devotion. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I want you to, you can stand for me, do me a favor, do me a stand, I want to read the word of the Lord too, but I, I want you to look at this declaration, it's just, let's put it up, I, I, I sent it to them, I, I just want you to declare this with me, I know we normally do an open heaven declaration, but I want y'all to make this declaration with me, I declare, I am grateful for who Jesus is in my life, and for what he has done, I will not take for granted the people, the opportunities, and the favor he has blessed me with. Praise God. I will look at what is right and not what is wrong. I will thank him for what I have, not complain about what I don't have. Is anybody thankful for what they have? I will see each day as a gift from God. My heart will overflow with praise and gratitude for all of his goodness. This is my declaration. God is good. He's faithful. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, my name is Akil Thompson. I'm the pastor here at Extraordinary Church. We believe we're the perfect church for imperfect people. And we're so glad that you're here today. We also believe by faith that we are the fastest growing church in Canada, reaching the world. Praise God. We celebrate what God is doing. And I want to personally invite you, if you have not yet had an opportunity uh, or heard about what, what God is doing, be with us March 19th. It's going to be a celebration like no other. You don't want to miss it. We're going to celebrate what the Lord has done, but more importantly, we're going to focus on what he is doing and what he's going to bring to pass. And so we're excited about that. My friend Jamil McLaurin is going to be with us, and God is dealing with him. I want you all to invite people in. I know we talked about limited merch and all that. We have like maybe a dozen left when I looked before church started today so there literally is like only a baker's dozen left 
Uh, but if you want to grab that, grab that. I would encourage you to grab your order before, uh, before you drive off the campus. Don't do it while I'm preaching, praise God. But do it before you drive off the campus, and we'll have them for you next Sunday. Let me direct your attention to the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. It's good to be back, and I appreciate everybody, all of the text messaging, phone calls, emails, uh, meals. Praise God. Uh, it's good to be with you all and missed you this past Sunday. Uh, thankful to Pastor Barry and how the Lord used him. What a word he delivered. Praise God. Let's go ahead and jump on in. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read 12 verses in your hearing. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Wow. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven with, from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and all from, from all Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and to hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. In other words, he was like, quit faking everybody out and authentically be what you say you are. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. Wow. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winning fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with a never-ending fire. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this thought to you this afternoon. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Would you help me pray before you're seated? Father, I just pray for a supernatural anointing to rest upon me today. I pray uh, that an anointing would rest upon each and every single one of us as we minister your word. God, let us receive it with faith. Do whatever you want to you, for you are God and God all by yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. One note I wanted to make real quick. Pastor Barry and Nadine, you all can stand real quick. If anybody is interested at any point in time uh, by the conclusion of our worship experience, if you'd like to take that next step in faith and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you're ready, we're ready. And Pastor Barry and Nadine would be glad to help you with that. They're available to do so, and you can just come see them at the conclusion of the worship experience. How many of you love the DeGrasses? <laughs> Praise God. 
I don't know if you all have heard of this ministry, but it's called Mercy Ships. Mercy Ships. It actually got started in the late 70s when a follower of Christ took a step of faith and he purchased a really large naval vessel with the intention of turning it into a floating hospital. He had no idea how to run such a large organization, how to find a crew, but felt like God was leading him to do something about helping millions of people who could did not have access to modern technology and could have uh, curable uh, or treatable, had treatable diseases cured and had uh, illnesses that could be prevented. And so he was passionate about this. And he figured since 50% of the world's population lives near the coastline, his vision was to provide a floating hospital with a volunteer crew of skilled uh, medical professionals offering world-class hospital care for free. Now, imagine if you're a young, young boy with a cleft palate or an elderly woman, uh, maybe blind from cataract, uh, a teenage girl with rickets, or a middle-aged man whose face is disfigured because of a large tumor. And you live in a part of the world where there's no resources to help you, and you have very little money or resources yourself. Wouldn't you feel stuck? You'd, you, you'd feel discouraged. Now, imagine somebody comes to your home that day and says, get ready. Mercy shit is on the way. They're going to do something for you that you didn't think was possible. They're going to fix your palate. They're going to remove the cataract from your eyes, and you're going to be able to see. They're going to straighten your legs. They're going to remove the tumor, and you're going to be able to have a new season, a new lease on life. That would be exciting. A brand new reality with brand new opportunities. The mercy ship is, is bringing healing bringing hope and restoration that people only dream about. Today, I'm going to show you a passage of Scripture, and we're going to unpack it in a way that I hope helps you understand. It talks about the preparation for the Messiah and what I believe God wants to do in this season. And I'm going to use the analogy of the mercy ship very much to be like the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is here. Jesus is our great physician, and he can heal any condition with his world-class grace and kindness. Now, let me just make a few obvious observations about John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a clear mission for life. You can tell when people have purpose on their life. People that have purpose on their life don't walk to the beat of the same drum. As a matter of fact, people with purpose seem odd at times. People with purpose can be misunderstood. People with purpose uh, don't have a lot of time to waste. People with purpose move with urgency. People with purpose and a mission move with a clarity. They don't seem to be bothered by certain things, and they're not, they, don't, they don't seem to get tripped up along the way. Isn't it amazing how purpose provides clarity? See, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was simple. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah, speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Can I tell you, John did not orient his life around comfort and security, but around the calling that God gave him. 
we got to be careful and ask ourselves, what is our life centered on? What does our life revolve around? What is the center of our orbit? John understood that if I'm going to fulfill what God has called me to do, comfort is not at the top of my list. Security is not at the top of my list. But fulfilling the plan that God has for my life is at the top of my list. But for us, if we're just keeping it 100, we're thinking about summertime. I didn't grow up in church, so summer, summer. I'm ready for that, praise God. Time for vacations and time to take it easy. Hey, take it easy. Y'all don't know nothing about that either, praise God. Wouldn't you want to go to a, a place like Comfort Bay? That just sounds good. I mean, some of y'all were like, mm. You ain't even heard of Comfort Bay. You're like, mm, praise God. That's, that's what the bay on Ascension Island was called for years, Comfort Bay. Ascension Island is actually located in the South Atlantic, and it's home to no one. Discovered 500 years ago by the exploring Portuguese, it represented a known place in an unknown world. Explorers would find refuge there. Captain Cook and his journey for the fictitious missing continent stopped there. Others did as well, but never for the scenery. It's a bleak place, so bleak that it's chosen by NASA as a perfect test site for the lunar rover. Yet, Ascension Island provides a refuge, hear me, in the uncharted waters of the South Atlantic. When a traveler came there, he knew exactly what to expect. And perhaps for that reason, its primary purpose or its name came about, Comfort Bay. They knew it would be a nice place to visit, but no one would want to stay. Years ago, a group did stay, the crew of the HMS Bonetta. They suffered from yellow fever. Many died. The cove became the place where victims were quarantined. A graveyard for fever victims is near the bay. And by the way, they no longer call it Comfort Bay any longer. They call it Comfortless Cove. I wonder how many times people look for comfort only to find the bed of ease is a couch of thorns. Job said it like this in Job 16, 11, and 12 in the Amplified. God has delivered me to the ungodly, to the evil one, and cast me headlong into the hands of the wicked, Satan's host. I was living at ease. But Satan crushed me and broke me apart. Yes, he seized me by the neck and dashed me in pieces. Then he set me up for his target. Job said, I was living at ease. I was living on Comfort Bay when I should have been leaving Comfort Bay. Ease is the goal of so many of us. But can I tell you, we need to stir ourselves up. God is trying to wake us up so that we don't fall asleep in Comfort Cove or Comfort Bay. It's time for us to leave comfort behind and pursue all that God has for us. I believe there's a holy purpose and a destiny awaiting each of us. But we won't fulfill our purpose with comfort. Can I just tell you, comfort is an enemy of your purpose. I know, I know that's not what y'all want to hear. You're like, bro, you just came back. Dang, did you, did you pray about that? How you just, I only have my bulletproof vest on. No, no, no. Comfort will derail you. 
Comfort will seduce you. And before you know it, you wake up and comfort will ruin you. Comfort will bankrupt you. You need to hear me. You're putting things off. I'm putting things off. And we're thinking, oh, I'll get to that then or I'll do that later. And it's not that urgent. It's not that pressing. It's not that much of a priority. I can wait a little bit and address it. Can I tell you, if you continue with that mindset, you will find your very life unfold, unraveling, and you'll wonder why you can't put it together. Comfort. That was not the case for John the Baptist. John's clothes. You notice brother wasn't worried about comfort. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. Not, not, not fine camel hair. Coarse. I mean, that brother was like, yeah. Don't, don't give me the, don't, don't, I don't want the shoulder, you know. Give me the roughest. He wore a leather belt around his waist. And for food, he would eat locusts. Like, bruh, there's a Timmy's right up the street. He would eat locusts and wild honey. But you know what John did? He, he, he lived in simplicity with very few comforts. His clothes were made of camel hair. His, his food was locusts and wild honey. And when we have clear purposes for our life, when we have clear purposes for our lives, it's easier to live in simplicity with a modest standard of living because the mission is what drives us and energizes us. But when you don't have the mission in your heart and you don't understand the high and holy purpose on your life, you'll find yourself reaching for things that you hope will get you. If you can just get this, if I can just get that job, if I can just get in this relationship, if I can just get this behind me, if I can simply achieve that milestone. Can I tell you, following God's call on our life requires us to let go of our comfort. Let go of our security and lay hold of something much more valuable. John's message was simple. Repent. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, oftentimes when we hear that, we're like, oh, I'm in trouble. This is amazing news. In other words, the mercy ship is coming into port. Better head down to the dock. In other words, what I'm talking about is to repent means to turn around. To reorient your life back to God. It means to do something about the reality of God's kingdom being near. Can I just make a declaration? Not just prophetically. I believe the kingdom of God is here and it is coming. I believe that the kingdom of God is here. I'm putting Mississauga and the greater Toronto Hamilton area on blast. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. What? <laughs> Pastor Barry got me good. This is the, this is the most anointing all I've ever had all my life. Y'all better be, I'm going to pray for y'all. That man got me. I got oil. Praise God. I'm like, is that mucus? No, it's oil. I'm like, is that trees or is that, is that those people? 
Praise God. <laughs> praise God. I just need a beard. That's why I got down so quick. I got oil. Praise God. Y'all think I'm, let me just. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't even know what I was saying. The oil. Thank you, Father. Praise God. The oil is blown. Thank you, Bishop. I needed that. Let me get back on my notes. Praise God. What was I saying? Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, the oil. Yes. Oh, thank you. That's right. I'm like, what would you do if you were one of those people we talked about who were sick and you knew the mercy ship was there at the dock? It's good news. It's good news. You'd get up and you would say, hey, get me down to the dock because I know there's people there that can help me and turn my situation around. Can I declare to you the kingdom of God is here? There are a group of people that will love you even though you've been told you're unlovable. There are a group of people that know the healing of God in their life because they too have been healed. There are a group of people that are here that have experienced the delivering power of Jesus Christ. We're once bound by addictions just like you were bound. But I'm here to declare the kingdom of God is here. Have no hope. The kingdom of God is here. Confused. The kingdom of God is here. Don't know which way to go. The kingdom of God is here. Felt like giving up on the church. Good. The kingdom of God is here. Not the church, but the kingdom. Something that transcends culture and race. For this kingdom is for every tribe, every nation, every tongue. It's for male and female. This kingdom is for everyone. So he says, I've got good news. The kingdom of heaven is near. Made me think of this story. I, you, you, we would move with urgency because if I, I knew this mercy ship was there. I can remember just last week, I was in the hospital. I told Mia, I said, okay, you know what? I was like, yo, this pain is, is pretty severe. I was like, I'm trying to keep my cool Sarah's out of the country, so I was like, I don't want the kids to really know how bad this pain is hurting. But on a scale of one to 10, I'm at an eight. I don't have like a super high threshold for pain, but I can handle it. And I was like, yo, this pain. So I was like, call the ambulance. They need to come get me. They were like, it's gonna take an hour. I was like, that's not gonna work. I was like, we need to go now. I was like, let's get in the car. My baby was driving. And I was like, can you go faster? She was like, I'm going 30, mile, 30 kilometers over the speed limit right now. I was like, okay, I don't want to go any faster, praise God. But I was like, let's get there. You would move with urgency. If we knew hope was available to us, we'd move with purpose. We, we wouldn't delay. We wouldn't allow anything to get in the way. Can I tell you, the kingdom of God is here. Let me tell you what we're doing. We're preparing the way. We're preparing the way. I, I, I thought about this. This song is, this, is the Lord laid this on my heart. I was, I was listening to this song and, and this, the lyrics talk about preparing the way. It, it says, he has come to bring light into the darkness. He has come to bring freedom to the captives. He has come to restore the brokenhearted. It's time to proclaim the year of the Lord. Prepare the way. Prepare the way for our Redeemer. Prepare the way. Prepare the way for our Restorer. Make ready your heart. Make ready your home. Make ready the people of God. Prepare the way. He's come to bring hope to the hopeless. 
He has come to comfort all who mourn. He has come to heal our every sickness. It's time to proclaim the year of the Lord. Make ready your heart. Make ready your home. Make ready the people of God. Prepare the way. So, John says three things the Messiah is going to do. He says the kingdom of God is here, fam. John the Baptist is like, it's here. The mercy ship is coming to port. John mentions three things that are going to happen on this mercy ship. Three things the Messiah will do in his kingdom. First is forgive. Forgive. This is, it's, it's, it's going to get deep here for maybe a second. And then the second is, this, this is crazy. He's going to fill people with his spirit. And, that, and that, 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 that infilling of the spirit is going to be like a baptism of fire in your life. Now, let's look at this for a moment here. The word in the Greek for baptized is baptizo, meaning to literally be immersed, cleansed, or washed. And so John is baptizing with water. This is to say John is immersing people in the water for, for uh, it was really a baptism of repentance. People are coming from all over the countryside to repent of their sins and be baptized. And John's baptism was of repentance. Later, though, if you, if you continue on throughout the story, if you will, or the account of what unfolds, Jesus Christ, he's crucified. He raises himself from the dead. He ascends into heaven. And Peter is preaching this same message. Peter says, because they're filled with the Holy Ghost, and people are like, what, do we, what in the world is going on? Peter preaches, and they're like, what do we have to do? And Peter replies, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized, is Acts 2.38, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Listen, God is fond of repentance. John's the ba John the Baptist's first word recorded in Matthew, repent. The first recorded word of Jesus' public ministry, repent. The first, when they're like, what do we do? The first call to action by Peter, repent. In other words, admit your mistake, confess, say, God, I need you. Jesus said it, you and I must be born again. Now, Peter commands his hearers to repent. It's not an option. It's a command. We must repent of our sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness or the remission of our sins. And repentance begins with a rending of the heart. It's an invisible act of remorse or contrition that works its way out in the visible through baptism. The first usage of the word baptism, it literally means to dip. It would involve immersing a cloth into a vat of dye. And when the cloth went in one color, it came out another. Now Peter is commanding people to repent. Be immersed in water. When you step into the waters of baptism, a similar change is going to take place. 
your sins, which were once scarlet, you're going to come out white as snow. You're going inbound by depression, you're coming up free from depression. You're coming bound by your past, you're coming up free from your past. I'm telling you, you're coming up in the name of Jesus. He has the power and the ability to make you unrecognizable to your past. Baptism is something powerful. Is anybody glad that they've been baptized in the name of Jesus? We all need repentance. We all need it. So, Jesus is preaching this thing to New Testament believers. It's baptism in the water, baptism in the name of Jesus. And how do we come to this understanding? Jesus does three things that are really important in Luke chapter 24, 45, like through 49. He sits down. This is after Calvary, but before Pentecost, okay? He's risen, and he's teaching them. Look at verse 46. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer to, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait or tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, this is really important. I need you to write, I want to right-size your understanding of your relationship with God. This is important because it's in God's nature to forgive. This is why this is remarkable news when we declare the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is here. John's mission of preparing the way for the Lord was to create a space on the countryside where people could come to him and actually receive and experience God's forgiveness. This is what we do at EC. We declare, prepare ye the way so that when people come, they can repent and cry out to God concerning their sins, their failures, their shortfalls, their brokenness. We need to let them know that they're safe. See, here's, here's the thing that I think we miss. John the Baptist, even though he ate locusts and wild honey, which I can get down with the wild honey, praise God. Locusts. Praise God. Deborah Lee says, I think Deborah Lee was like, hey, we can hook you up. Somebody get Deborah Lee some locusts. Praise God. I mean, I mean, goodness. Y'all have your truth. So what's crazy is he's a bit off, but they feel safe. Can, can you imagine how safe and how inviting the call had to be to see this dude wearing not fine camel skin clothing, but coarse, like beat up, and he's preaching, and people are coming all over the countryside. One, is there, is there forgiveness available to me? Is there hope for me? Yeah, there is. I baptize you under repentance, what John the Baptist Still, he, said, he said, but look, get ready. There, there's somebody that's coming. It, it, like, like, it's going to get better. 
this is just the beginning. So what we're doing, when people come, we got to help them feel safe. This is why we say no perfect people allowed. But it's not just good enough for us to say it, because the Pharisees can say the same thing. But when people show up, you want to just walk by people like you don't see them. You don't want to talk to them. Regardless of how they smell, regardless of how they look, regardless of what they're wearing, it makes no difference. We're here to make people feel safe. We're here to love people. People need to know when they come to Extraordinary Church that the love of God is available in this place. There's no judgment. There's no shame. Are we condoning any kind of lifestyle? Absolutely not. But what we are saying is, such were some of us. We used to be in that mess. We used to be bound by that. I'm no longer a slave to sin. God has set me free. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Nobody's judging you, but we're letting you know that there is a God who is rich in mercy, who will reach down and pick you up, pull you up out of your mess, and heal you. So we don't have time to front on people. We don't have time to just have a cute little motto or slogan. I want us to live this and be a part of our DNA so that when people come in, they notice they feel safe. Safe to say I'm broken. Safe to say I'm confused. Safe to say I'm hurting. Safe to say I've tried everything else. Nothing's working. Can Jesus help me? Can he help me? And in our eyes, they see safety. In our handshake, they see safety. In our hug, they feel safety. When they come on the campus, they feel safety. When Zach opens up the door, they feel safety. When people greet him when they come in, they feel safety. And when they step into the presence of the Lord, the perfect love of God casts out fear. And then they feel really safe. And so... Why? Because they're responding to a call that I believe has gone out. Prepare ye the way. The kingdom of heaven is here. And this kingdom is for everybody. So people got to feel safe. They got to feel loved. They got to feel cared for. They got to know that they matter. Not how you perform. But you matter because of who you are. So the second thing that's crazy that John the Baptist does here, I, I, I love this because he just, he, just, he just goes in like on being safe with people. See, John, people will always feel safe with somebody who's humble. Not the self-righteous. See, John even corrected the Pharisees and Sadducees. He called them a brood of vipers. Like, yo, he's not playing games. That's not safe. Matter of fact, Jesus borrowed that statement later and said the same thing. You brood of vipers. But what happens here at Extraordinary Church is that we are giving whatever we need to pull us toward healing. Sometimes God speaks to us in kind and gentle ways out of love for us. Other times God speaks forcefully to us to shake us, but it's always out of love. Everything God does is initiated out of love. Why? Because God is love. You got to hear me. He is love. So, sometimes God's love comforts the afflicted. 
And other times, God's love afflicts the comfortable, especially when we're self-righteous. It's important to know that whatever God says or does, it's always motivated by love. Why don't we lift our hands and respond to his love now? Come on, that's it. Why don't you just begin to thank him for his love? Why don't you just begin to say, God, I receive your love for me. Come on, I want you to know that God is safe and he wants you to receive his mercy, his love, and his grace. He wants to offer you forgiveness. There's some of you that are here right now that are struggling with things, that are hurting, and God wants you to know his love is here. He wants that monkey off your back. He wants you to let go of those failures and regrets. You want, he wants you to know that you can come and be honest with him. He sees you and loves you. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He wants you to receive his forgiveness. This is what happens in the kingdom of God. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the course of treatment or the first course of treatment on the mercy ship. But it doesn't stop there. He'll baptize you with his spirit. God doesn't stop with just simple forgiveness. John baptized with water, but it's, it's God's nature to forgive. God's nature to renew us, to regenerate us, to recreate us. John said, I baptize you with water. He said, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much more greater that I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus come and offer something so much deeper, even more profound than, 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 than forgiveness. It's like, how does it get better than being forgiven? He's going to fill us with his spirit. He will immerse us. He will immerse us with his very own spirit. In other words, it keeps getting better and better. This is important because when you receive his spirit, it's the life of God. The Zoe life of God. This is why Peter said, he replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's the cool thing. Once you receive it, you can share it with others. Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm thankful that I've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is anybody glad to be filled with the power of his spirit? I can remember, I know y'all tell, tell you this all the time, but can I just say, it never gets old talking about Jesus. If it got old, if I got tired of telling people my testimony, it's the only thing I got. You, I don't know what else to tell you. Hey, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. It's not just a change of mind. It's not just the mercy and grace of God. I'm not limiting those things. But when he filled me with his spirit, when he filled me with his spirit, it's when life became extraordinary. It's when I realized I was dead in my trespasses or my sins, but now I'm alive. I'll never forget. Never forget being a kid. Feeling like I was completely hopeless. Full of rage. 
full of anger, trying everything you can think of that the world had to offer at that time, only to acknowledge to myself, isn't it interesting that we'll do things? We would get drunk all weekend, and we would say to ourselves, God, this, this got to be a better way. Clutch in the toilet, vomiting in the toilet, blacked out, don't remember what happened. But to fake the funk, when we see people on Monday, when they ask us what we did, man, I had an amazing time. Man, this weekend, me and my boys, we turned up. Knowing when you're by yourself, you're like, I'm dying on the inside. Shooting heroin and snorting coke and trying marijuana. Thinking to yourself, I don't even feel anything. You'll, be, you'll fake the funk with everybody else. But with yourself, you knew there was something missing. This gaping hole. Try money and sexual promiscuity and relationships only to leave you feeling abandoned, clutching for a hope that it never came through on. I've been there and done that. Got the t-shirt. Took my time. I tried everything you could think of. Tried maybe almost every religion known to man. Not literally, because I'm sure there's thousands. But I tried the heavy hitters. And they all left me feeling empty. Only then when I realized, I thought, well, maybe it's not religion, but maybe it's just self-awareness and centering myself and meditation. That's the key. I need to become self-enlightened. And when I tried to become self-enlightened, I realized that at that point, something was trying to drag me. I'm, I'm not joking. I mean, I felt like something was pulling me against my own will into a dark black hole. And I was like, I want nothing to do with this. I even had the thought as this thing was taking me into a dark black hole as I'm becoming self-enlightened, that I should kill myself. Then I realized I've tried everything else. I didn't have this thought on my own. You know what came to my, when I said I've tried everything else? You know the next thought, the next sentence, I might as well give Jesus a try. It was like the Lord was saying, you done tried everything that you could think of. Give me a try. I didn't have no Bible study. I didn't have Sarah around Bible study extraordinaire teacher to teach me a Bible study. I, I, I didn't have a, I, I went to a small little church. I'm not front on a small little church, about 30 people. Went in, came in front, and like this dude was just, y'all know that my friend was just worshiping his guts out, jumping up and down. It was like when we stepped in the church, like he stopped talking to me. I mean, I kind of wanted like a little play-by-play. -play. This dude is jumping up and down, worshiping and speaking in some language I had never heard. You would have thought that would have been the first cue. People with good sense, I'd have been like, I don't know what he's saying. I know that brother don't know another language, so I'm out. <laughs> Instead, I'm like this. What is this man doing? All in this man's face. Sorry about that, praise God. <laughs> Fellow was like, you're too close. You're too close, but no, I'm just kidding. I can do that. Praise God. I'm like, what is this man doing? If y'all don't know, she's my wife. Praise God. 
Like, he won't stop, praise God. So I was like, what is this man doing? And then the dude up there was preaching. I thought he was yelling. His face was so red. I was like, this dude's about, I was like, when he gets done, I'm out. That's what I said, I'm out. And I was like, I was just like, the moment this dude got done, instead of getting up, walking out, I walked right to the front. Now, I'd have, I had no understanding. I had been to a church before, yes. But I had not been to a, a spirit-filled church or a Pentecostal church. You know, I, 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 these, these people were turned up for Jesus. I actually said to myself, these white people are crazy. I was the only brother there at the time. I was like, these white people are gone. That's why I really wanted to leave, because I was like, I ain't safe. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, I married a white woman. Y'all know I'm just joking. I feel safe. Praise God. I feel safe. Praise God. Now, maybe not with all y'all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, praise God. That one, I feel safe. Thank you, Jesus. And Rochelle and, 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 and Grandma, praise God. Caroline, I feel safe with y'all too. Praise God. I feel safe. Thank you, Jesus. And anybody that's watching that's white, I love you too. But praise God. I need to stick to my notes. Praise God. Right, let, me, let me stick to the notes. Praise God. No. So I said, man, I said, these people are crazy. I, I want to leave. I said, I walk right to the front. I walk right to the front. And no Bible study, no heads up, no nothing. I, I, I say this. I literally say, like, I did make sure this. I got to put this in. I did make sure I got as far away from those crazy white people. They were, like, all over there. So I went way over here by myself. And I just said, I'm sorry. I, you know what I was doing? I was reorienting my life on God and the moment that that's all I said I didn't give him a laundry list I didn't itemize everything I didn't talk about the fact God you know what y'all know my story I didn't talk about the fact I'm having these nightmares about us killing our son because we had this abortion and uh, I didn't go through that whole I just said I'm sorry I didn't talk about the rage that I had toward my family I no I just said I'm sorry And then I begin to cry. In the presence of God, I begin to feel the, the hope, the love, the joy, the peace of God. I felt it on the outside like it was tangible. I felt, how many of y'all got, anybody know what a weighted blanket is? Somebody got me, I think my family got me a weighted, Sarah bought me a weighted blanket for my birthday, I think. But she uses the weighted blanket. <laughs> Praise God. Praise, that weighted blanket, now look. Sarah, I'm the one. I'm the one when I go to sleep, I wake up like I'm going to sleep. I, I either will sleep like this or like this. I stop sleeping like this because it's kind of weird. <laughs> Deborah Lee just caught that. Like five seconds later, she was like, oh, yeah, that is weird. But Sarah, it's that thing Sarah be doing kung fu, but not with the weighted blanket. The weighted blanket, Sarah's like, because she cannot move, praise God. But that's what I felt like. I felt like the love of God. 
the peace of God, the joy of God was like a weighted blanket on me. I could not deny what I was feeling. I was like, what is this? And so here's what we do. Oftentimes, hear, hear me, I'm just going to help somebody right now. I'm just flowing in the Holy Ghost what I feel. I'm, I'm, I might, you know. But here's what we do. When we experience this, we immediately like, oh, it got to be too good to be true. Too good to be true. We, you immediately close up. Like, ah, this, this, what I'm feeling right now. Can I just help you? God's not going to run out on you like the people in your life. I ain't fronting on them. I'm not bashing them. I'm just telling you, God's not like them. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. As a matter of fact, he's coming after you. It's his goodness that's bringing all of us to a place of repentance. And so, hey, you know what? I was like, hey, it, I was like, this is too good to be true. And you know what he said to me? Akil, all you have to do is let me in. Oh, I feel that. Praise God. I need you to lift your hands and say, Lord, I'll let you, I'll let you in. Come on, come on in. Come on in. Come on. Just tell them, invite, invite them in. Come on. That's it. Come on. Come on. Some of you are tired of hurting. Some of you are tired of struggling right now. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'll let you in. I'll let you into my confusion. I'll let you in to my dysfunction. I'll let you into my heartache. Come on in. Woo. And the moment I said, the moment I said, the moment the Lord said that, all you have to do is let me in. I said, how can I say no? And literally, that love, the joy, the peace that I felt on the outside, it began to fill me up on the inside. And I began to, it was like this. It was just, I mean, I felt, I felt like a cup being full. And I was like, and just nobody is around. This is my experience. Like nobody's with me. Nobody's telling me what I'm telling you all and what's in Scripture. I just, I just lifted my hands. I got down on my knees. Progressively, it took me, you know, one knee, then two knees. You, know, you all know how we do, praise God. We lift our hands. We start here. And then we're like, no, we really start. Then finally we get there. We ease into it. It's like we kneel down. I was like this. Anyway, then I was that dude, ankle front. I was stretched out on the floor. So I did that, and the next thing I know, as the Spirit of God is filling me, I, I lift my hands, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as I begin to say, thank you, Jesus, my language began to change. And the Spirit of God was filling me with his Spirit, and I was praying in another language for like 45 minutes. The Bible says that when we receive the Holy Ghost, we'll speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives us the ability to speak. Me, I want you to come. I want our musicians to come. I'm a preacher probably 10 more minutes and I'm done. But as God was filling me with his Spirit, I'm not joking. When I opened up my eyes, I looked and the sky was bluer than it was when I started. I could not stop smiling when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, people, 
did not want to look at me than they did. They thought, oh, this brother looks angry. But when I received the Holy Ghost, I had a joy on the inside that changed everything in my life. What am I telling you? I'm thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is for everybody. The Holy Ghost is for black, white, red, yellow, purple. Makes no difference. The Holy Ghost is for educated, uneducated. The Holy Ghost is for young children, old elders. It makes no difference. The Holy Ghost is for the 925,000 people that live in Mississauga and the seven and a half million that live in the greater Toronto Hamilton area. We have come to declare, prepare ye the way for the kingdom of God is here. If you're thankful that you have the Spirit of God, you ought to clap your hands and give Him praise. If you know God pulled you out of that mess, you ought to give Him thanks. If you know if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you would not be here. You ought to clap your hands and give Him glory. Give me three minutes be seated. He'll baptize you with his spirit. I'm not trying to trump up my past. I don't revel in it. And I don't want to distort it. And this isn't a political statement. It's just a fact. I'm not here to upset anyone. But when that young lady and I, we, we terminated the pregnancy, I felt like a murderer. feel forgive this murder and fill me with his spirit cleanse me and give me two amazing kids if you can't tell that the ones Douglas you kind of look that way too so you need to praise God praise God uh, you can get on in too praise God Give me two amazing kids. God is eager to fill us with his spirit. There's nothing, he, he, he's not withholding from any of us. He's eager to fill you. There's nothing you could do to make him less eager to fill you. This is why we have to to understand, like, I, I, I'm, I'm done playing games. But here's what we, here's what we, let me tell you what the Holy Ghost is doing. And, and now I'm going to be done because I'm going to preach something else next week. And I, I want to I get through this. When he talks about baptizing us with fire. Now, I know that might sound harsh to some of you. But for those that have received the Holy Ghost, what God is saying is, and remember, everything that is initiated is out of love. Fire is often symbolic of purification. So to be baptized with fire is a good thing. A refiner's fire. It's one where the gold is melted and the fire is made so hot that the impurities in the gold rise to the surface so they can be removed. The gold is cleansed of its impurities. Jesus wants us to be cleansed of our impurities. So Malachi tells us, Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. Malachi chapter 3 verses 2 through 4. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire 
that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, praise God, refining them like gold and silver so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. What am I saying? There's a fire on the inside that wants to separate, purify, and purge, and prune. And I know those words sometimes sound rough, but they're so liberating. Today, you know what I feel the Holy Ghost is doing? I want us to stand. You know, I've, I've been fascinated. And I'm really glad everybody joined us online. Y'all can come. Y'all, yeah, vocals can come. God bless you. Come see us again. Excited about having you in person. Don't miss March 19th in person. I don't even know if we're going to be able to do live stream. It's going to be so bonkers. I don't know what we're going to do. we got some crazy stuff planned to celebrate the goodness of God. Praise God. So our theme for 2023 is others. And I've been moved. There's a hunger in the earth today. Uh, I've been not mesmerized, but I've been moved. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.